0: Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com.
1: AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app, you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in. Had kind of a cloudy day going. A little shower earlier on, may get another shower tonight. 54 for the high today, but we're getting chilly tonight, down to 33. On the cloudy side tomorrow, high 39, Sunday sunshine, and a high of 45. Sixers lost last night, 133-114 to Oklahoma City. Joel Embiid, 30 points, 10 rebounds, in the loss, James Harden, also 24 points and 15 assists. They're at Utah tomorrow night at 9. Flyers are at Washington tomorrow night at 7, and the NFL playoffs gets going this weekend. A lot of games. Tomorrow you have Seattle at San Francisco at 4.30, the uh, LA Chargers at Jacksonville at 8.15, Chargers led by former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson. Sunday afternoon, you got three games right into the evening. Miami at Buffalo at 1, the Giants at Minnesota at 4.30, and Baltimore at Cincinnati at 8.15. And then Monday night, Dallas at Tampa Bay at 8.15. Eagles have the weekend off. They have that bye week they earned and hopefully, you're able to put it to good use both with rest and study. Our preborn scoreboard 59 ultrasounds so far. We're looking to get to 500 by the end of the month, so we still have our work cut out for us, but we have a good start going. January is Sanctity of Human Life Month, and uh, for a number of Januaries in a row now, we have teamed up with Preborn, which is a ministry that provides free ultrasound sessions to pregnant girls and women who might otherwise choose to end their pregnancy. The opportunity to see their baby and hear their baby's heartbeat has proven to be very powerful, very effective, and very gentle as well in terms of promoting life, first for the mother, but also for all those involved, the father and the extended family too. Each ultrasound, just $28. You can help at 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229. Maybe you can do one or two for $28 or $56. Maybe you can do 20 ultrasounds for $560, whatever number you want to do is wonderful. This is part of what the WFIL listening family is all about. We have uh, been part of several thousand ultrasounds, uh, pr- uh, ultrasounds being provided over the last four or five years. And we want to add to that total this year, even one, you know, one really matters. Think about the power of one, what you can do in helping save a life. I'd love to have 500 people doing one. Now we've had folks do two or five or 10. That's welcome as well. But be encouraged. Year one does matter. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-2229. Or click the pre-born banner at WFIL.com. We have a scoreboard there, if you will, let you know how things are going. We get that updated each weekday. Over the weekend, we don't have an opportunity to change it because we don't have the new numbers till Monday morning at some point, usually. So we'll do it again on Monday. But let's keep the ball uh, moving forward and One step at a time, get to that goal of 500 by the end of the month. Currently, again, we're at 59, 441 to go. Very much looking forward to having Rabbi Schneider from the Discovering the Jewish Jesus radio program, which airs at 3 each weekday afternoon on WFIL. Join us on the show for today. He has a new book out called Messianic Prophecy Revealed. We're actually giving that away all month long, so get to the contest page at WFIL.com take an opportunity to perhaps win that. We'll be discussing that, though, with him so you get some more insight into what that book is all about. Rabbi Scheider has an amazing testimony that involves wrestling, a discotheque, and much more. We'll probably talk about that a little bit, too, but much more than that beginning for him, where the Lord has taken him, including all over the world, Africa, Israel, and many other countries. And certainly at the heart of it is wanting to share Jesus. So that's what this radio station is about. That's what the show is about. We invite you to tune in whether you know the Lord or maybe you're just thinking about him. You haven't accepted him into your life yet or you've heard about him but you're not really sure. Who is Jesus anyway? That's a big question. Maybe the most important question you'll ever ask yourself because it matters uh, if he's just a a teacher had some good stuff to say, a moral guy. I've talked to people all the time. They they think Jesus just was kind of a moral person. We should listen to some of the stuff he said. That's not what he said. He said he's the son of God. So that matters. And Rabbi Schneider in this book, speaking of which uh, Messianic Prophecy Revealed, talks about that. And among other things, how the uh, New Testament writers took passages from the Old Testament to prove Jesus is indeed who he claimed to be, the Messiah. So we'll talk with him about that. We also have our fun pun segment. We want to make sure we get in on the back end of our uh, program and whatever else we can jam in along the way. Listening to the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app.
0: Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL? Email timmyd.com at WFIL.com
1: AM 560, WFIL, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, and we're glad to bring on Rabbi Schneider from Discovering the Jewish Jesus, which you can catch weekdays at 3 o'clock on WFIL. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing good, my friend. Thanks for having me on today, Tim.
1: For sure. It was a privilege. We uh, had a chance to talk with you not too long ago. Uh, we, we had You had that guide that we were giving away as a download on our site. And uh, that Oh, was, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was super helpful. Is that is, by, before I forget? Is that God's seven holy days and how Jesus fulfills them? Was what that was? Is, is that still available on your site by chance? Do you know?
2: You know what, my brother? I'm not sure if it is because we were kind of making it like an exclusive giveaway. So okay. I don't quote me on that, but I I don't think it. It's on our site, but it may be at discoveringthejewishjesus.com.
1: Okay, very good. And folks can look up more, of course, about the ministry there, too, discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Three o'clock again each weekday afternoon, folks can tune in. But uh, today, Messianic Prophecy Revealed, the newest book from you. Share some backstory about it.
2: Well, it's been a subject that's been really close to me since my earliest days of salvation, which uh, took place in 1978. Many of our listeners may know that. I'm a Jewish believer in Jesus, and I supernaturally came to faith in 1978, Tim, when Jesus revealed himself to me through a vision of the night. And I had known nothing about Jesus up to that point. I had never read the New Testament. No one had ever witnessed to me. I never thought about Jesus. He was like as far away to me as the man and the moon. But I was lost, and I was searching, that's for sure. And I was actually into New Age at the time. And I was in the middle of reading this book called Autobiography of a Yogi, by some Swami from India named Paramahansa Yogananda and there were some photos in this book of somebody levitating off the ground and I always had a very strong faith in God and I said, God, if that's real, if this guy can really levitate off the ground, I found my new wrestling. I was a big, very, very committed uh, high school athlete and got a small uh, scholarship to wrestle at the University of Tampa, a wrestling scholarship. But I realized it didn't mean anything anymore as an adult. So I was looking for something new. And uh, so when I saw this guy levitating off the ground in this book, I thought, wow, if that's real. God, that's what I want to do. I found my new wrestling was this is going to you know, this is a higher reality than making money. And it's not something that's going to end like wrestling did. So I was in the middle of reading that book. I went to sleep one night. It was a hot August night in 1978, and I was awoken from my sleep in the middle of the night into a state of what I would call supernatural awareness. I suddenly was conscious that I wasn't sleeping. It was like a heightened state of awareness. And then in an instant, just like that, in a second, Jesus appeared on the cross. It was in color. I could see the terrain the cross was staked in. There were some people in the distance looking at him as he was hanging on the cross. And then, Tim, and our listeners, a ray of red light from straight through the sky, a beam of red light from above the blue sky, right down through the blue sky, came down on Jesus's head. And when I saw that ray of red light from straight through the sky come down on Jesus's head, I knew that the light was coming from God, because I understood the symbolism, and that God was showing me that Jesus was the way to him. Even though I knew nothing about doctrine, I knew nothing about sin or any of that kind of stuff, all I knew was that God just revealed himself to me and showed me that Jesus was the way to him. As an American, I knew enough to know that the person on the cross was you. So that began my journey. Eventually, somebody said, you know, you should go out and get a New Testament. I started telling everybody about this vision, and somebody said, you need to go get a New Testament. So I went out and got a New Testament. As I read the New Testament, I realized the teaching in the New Testament, Jesus' teaching was different than the teaching in the autobiography of a yogi. So I threw away the New Age book and continued on with Jesus, Baruch Hashem. And as a young believer, even then, I was just like loved to see how Jesus fulfilled the old testament in types and shadows and in specific predictive prophecy so that's really what this book is messianic prophecy showing how jesus fulfills the hebrew bible
1: if you're just tuning in rabbi schneider is our guest today on the tim demas show from the discovering the jewish jesus radio program weekdays at three on wfil of course you can also be seen on tv and you have a lot of other platforms folks can check you out uh, on and, and hear about the gospel through discovering the is the website for that a, a prophecy. Uh, the topic about about that. Um, I know that when I've been reading about this book, there's there's some preconceived notions about perhaps it. Like for example, it's mm. it's linear. Like it just moves from one side to the other. And I think you're part of the point of the book says it's all the scriptures about is prophetic in a way it's really pointing to Christ. And it and it goes back and forth, not just uh, one way one direction,
2: so to speak. Exactly, Tim. So for example, many people have heard statements from the pulpit like Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies from the Old Testament, and the odds of him being able to do that are astronomical, like it would be impossible for one person to fulfill 300 prophecies from the Old Testament. So statements like that are made all the time. And when you hear a statement like that, you get the idea that these prophecies that Jesus fulfilled could all be scientifically measured, like, okay, Let's say, for example, Nostradamus. I'm not. I'm not advocating Nostradamus by any means, but just to give an example. Yeah. So Nostradamus, let's say, predicted there was going to be a flood in the year fifteen hundred in such and such a place in South America. I mean, I don't know if that's a prophecy, is or not, but that's the type of prophecies he had. You know, he made these prophecies where you could tell whether it was true or not. You know, did that flood happen in this year in this place? It either happened or it didn't happen. Right. So when people hear statements like. Jesus fulfilled over three hundred prophecies in the Hebrew Bible. They're thinking he predict he fulfilled measurable, um, uh, what would be the word predictions? Uh, you know, his prof- yeah, yeah, predictions that you could you could call, you know you could determine if it happened or it didn't happen. Yeah, scientifically measurable. But the reality is the way that the New Testament writers use the Hebrew Bible in saying that Jesus was the fulfillment of it. It was not always in a way that they were they were talking about. What I would call predictive prophecy. So let me, where, where, sure. let me just for a moment. Yeah. So predictive prophecy would be like, for example, when the Hebrew prophet Micah uh, prophesied that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Right. That's a predictive prophecy. Messiah was born in Bethlehem. That's that happened. It's a scientific fact. We know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the house of David, and um, there are other prophecies like that. That the, that, the, that the Messiah would come forth from the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah. It, those, are, those are measurable prophecies he did. But other times, New Testament writers use Old Testament scriptures saying that Jesus fulfilled them in a way that is not scientifically measured. It's more of an art than a science, it's more poetry than math. So here's an example In Matthew chapter 2, uh, Matthew says that when, when, uh, when Jesus was born, Herod heard that the Messiah was born, and he was threatened by that, so he was ordering the Hebrew children under one years old or two years old to be killed. Right. So an uh, angel appeared to Joseph and said, take the child, take Jesus into Egypt to protect Jesus from the slaughter that Herod was inflicting upon the Hebrew children. So Joseph takes Jesus into Egypt. And then eventually Herod dies. When Herod dies, the angel comes to Joseph again and says, Okay, take the child into Israel now. So Matthew writes about this and he says that the scripture might be fulfilled out of Egypt did I call my son. So the angel comes to Joseph. Joseph's in Egypt with Jesus. The angel says, Okay, take Jesus out of Egypt now and bring him back to Israel. Herod's dead. Hmm. And then Matthew says that the Scripture would be fulfilled, out of Egypt have I called my son. So when you look at the Scripture, out of Egypt did I call my son, you, you ask yourself, well, where is that in the Hebrew Bible? Where is that Scripture in the Old Testament that Jesus fulfilled? And it's only one place in the Hebrew Bible. It's in the book of Hosea, chapter 11, verse 1. So when you go to Hosea, chapter 11, verse 1, you're expecting that there be some type of prediction that would happen that she has fulfilled there. Hmm. But in reality, all Hosea was doing was recounting Israel's past history, that, you know, years before Hosea lived, God delivered Israel out of ancient Egypt, where they were slaves. So Hosea was just recounting that the Lord was saying, out of Egypt did I call my son. It wasn't like when you read that in the original historical context of Hosea's writing, you were looking for something In the future to happen that would fulfill it in fact it looked like it already happened before hosea so you kind of scratch your head well how is matthew saying that jesus fulfilled that scripture because that was already fulfilled god already did that right but what hosea was doing is he was using the hebrew bible and showing how jesus repeated the same thing in his own life on earth as israel went through even as israel was in egypt and god called them out so jesus was in egypt and god called them out out of Egypt that I call my son, kind of repeating Israel's history in his own life. So it's more poetry than mass sometimes. And this is not unique because this was kind of the, rabbin- the way the rabbis used the scriptures. They gave them like different shades of meaning and they still do that today. And that's the way the New Testament writers use the Old Testament.
1: How much, that's fascinating. Uh, Rabbi Schneider from Discovering the Jewish Jesus is our guest today on the Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL in Philadelphia. Uh, Messianic Prophecy Revealed is the book we're talking about. How much of, of the book, uh, kind of highlights that what you just shared versus the predictive type. Would you say?
2: I would say that there's a lot of predictive type. There's also a lot of what I call types and shadows. So I'm, I'm trying. In terms of percentage, I don't know, but here's yeah. another uh, uh, element of the book. If we, if we divide the book into three different categories, if we divide the book into Jesus fulfilling, uh, uh, rather filling Israel's history up with meaning by repeating it in His own life. In the, like in the context we just talked about, that would be one section. Then the next section would be types and shadows, which consist of Jesus filling Israel's history, uh, history up with meaning, but in an even more precise way than in the Hosea example. For example, you think about one of the most famous stories in Judaism, and indeed in, 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 in Christianity, is the story of Abraham Offering up his son Isaac. We all know the story. God said, Abraham, why don't you take your son, your only son, and offer him up to me as a sacrifice? So that in Hebrew is called ha akada, and it means the binding. So usually when we think of the the, the binding of the offering up of Isaac by Abraham, when well, we see pictures of it, like in in Bibles and stuff. Remember the Bibles that we had when we were kids, and sure. <laughs> you know they had pictures of the different. Right. Usually Isaac, Isaac in those pictures is like eight years old. You know, he's a little boy that doesn't really, you know. I know what's going on he's just kind of following you know letting his dad you know tell him what to do right but in Judaism, Isaac was 37 years old when that happened. Abraham offered up Isaac at, at, when Isaac was 37 really? so so usually we just think of Abraham as the hero that would be so devoted that he would give up his only son. but when you understand it from a Judaic perspective, Isaac is also the hero because he voluntarily Laid down his life for his father, and so you start to see the layers and the textures here of how the father uh, uh, gave his only son, just like Abraham gave his son, and how Yeshua the Son offers himself up at the Father's command. So some of the some of the book uh, Messianic prophecy revealed takes these ancient stories in the Hebrew Scriptures and gives them a, a fuller Messianic uh, perspective. The same thing with David, you know, Jesus identified himself with David more than any other fig, uh, figure in the Bible. In Revelation, he, he, he closes out the book of Revelation, Jesus does, by saying, I am the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And several times in the book of Revelation, Jesus connects himself to David. So you ask yourself, well, how is it that Jesus so— why does Jesus so uh, identify himself with David more than anybody else in the Hebrew Bible? And, and there's, I think, several reasons for that. But one of the things that's interesting is that when we study the life of David, you think about you think about David's life compared to Jesus' life. So first of all, remember when Saul was going to anoint one of Jesse's sons, David was a son of Jesse, right. uh, the new king to replace, Samuel rather, was going to anoint one of Jesse's sons, right. the new king of Israel, to replace Saul. So we know the story. uh, uh samuel the prophet goes to jesse tells jesse to gather his sons and the prophet samuel goes to the oldest and biggest and most handsome son thinking he's going to be the king and saul goes up to anoint him but the spirit speaks to him and says that's not the one and samuel keeps going down the line to the least likely of the sons and still there's no witness that 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 any of these sons are to be the next king of israel we know the story then samuel says to jesse well is there, is there anybody else? I mean, something's not right here. Something's going on. The Lord commanded me to come to your home and anoint one of your sons king, but every time I go to anoint one of your sons king, the spirits tell me it's not the one. So Jesse says, well, you know, we got little the little shepherd boy out there. He's in the field, and, you know, he was overlooked. No one thought that David, this little shepherd boy, was anything. So you think about that compared to Jesus. Could anything good come out of Nazareth? No yeah. one would expect that the carpenter's son was going to be the Messiah, and it, there's a, many other uh, parts in the life of David as well that Jesus kind of fills it up with meaning uh, in his own life. You think about when David was, um, you know, God gave him the uh, the um, uh, the mantle of kingship, but David just waited for the Lord to raise him up. You know, even when right. when uh, Saul, yeah. So there's a so so it's part of the book are showing how different key patriarchs and figures in the Hebrew Bible replicated Yeshua's life and how Jesus filled them up with meaning. And then another third of the book is the predictive prophecies that are scientifically measured.
1: Okay. Wow. That's great. That sounds very rich. If you're just uh, tuning in, Rabbi Schneider is with us from Discovering the Jewish Jesus, which you can catch a radio program on WFIL uh, three, in, 3 each afternoon uh, during the week. And uh, the new book is called Messianic Prophecy Revealed. So all of that, as folks are reading through it, the, the end game, if you want to call it that, is is really rather remarkable, as I've been reading through, the, that really Jesus is who he says he is. If, if you want to mm-hmm. – I think of the scripture where, where he says, "You know, if you want to know who I am, I'll, I'll reveal myself to you. One of the questions I I'll, I'll used to – when I went to Penn State, I talked to my roommates and others who were not believers. And say, you know what, if you want to – like, do you want to know if, if Jesus is who he says he is? Because he says, I'll tell you. But I think the question first is like, do you want to know, or like Jesus, the one, do you want to get well? We said to the one, you know, the one man, the right. lame man, right? So, but to me, this, I mean, the, the maybe just to, if you could share the the thrust of the book as you've written all this, that end game really to help to help folks know Jesus is who He says He
0: is.
2: Yeah, well, it's so needed, uh, Tim. I'm sure you you would agree that our culture is so compromised now, especially in the church. Barna which is the, as you know, it's the organization that does all type of research about where people's faith is, what they believe in, etc. And don't quote me on this, but I think it was like 70%, according to Barna, of those that identify themselves as Christians don't have a biblical worldview. In other words, they're not convinced that Jesus is the only way to heaven. They would identify themselves as a Christian, but they would think, you know, jesus i was born a christian you know i identify myself as a christian but who am i to tell my neighbor that believe that's a muslim that you know he's going to hell right you know i i just think that you know if your people are good they would say to themselves that you know we're all going to the same place and many people that call themselves christians secretly believe that but what that says to me is that they're really not bible believing christians in the truest sense of the word because Jesus' claims are very exclusive, as we know. Yeah. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but through me. But it's really all about the blood. You know, it's all about when you understand the importance of blood in the Hebrew Bible, hmm. and that there was no means by which men can be saved but through the blood. I mean, Leviticus 1711, in the Torah, the Lord said, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I've given it to you on the altar to make an atonement for your soul, for it's the blood by reason of its life that makes atonement. It was the only way forgiveness was granted when the blood of an innocent animal was poured out for the sake of a guilty sinner. And of course, the New Testament book of Hebrews is all about this, that Jesus was the fulfillment of all these blood sacrifices in the Hebrew Bible. So when people understand that it's only through the blood that man's sins can be atoned for, then it's not about Jesus just being one of many paths. It's about the fact that Jesus alone is the one that spilled out his blood For the forgiveness of sins for mankind and it becomes much more pointed and it really puts people in a position either you believe this or not but the line is drawn it's not about uh, many paths leading to to the same god or whether people just need to be good people it's about are you covered by the blood of jesus Hmm. and when people see how messianic prophecy was fulfilled by jesus it strengthens them and brings clarity to their thinking process so that they come to a place of decision with an affirmation in their heart, yes, Jesus is not just for me, but Jesus is the only way to heaven. And in that process, what happens, people become emboldened to become his witnesses. So that is my hope in writing the book, that people's passion for the Lord will grow, and that they'll also be strengthened to be bold witnesses, because now more than ever, people need to be faced with the truth.
1: I think it's... uh... And which is really true, and you said it, I think, twice. There, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not a way, a truth, a life. And I, I think right. sometimes people can even just be—I don't know what the word is. They—I they, don't call it mean well, but they're, they're blending the idea of well. No, of course, if someone believes something different, you don't, uh, you know, attack them or do something mean to them or or hurt them. But intellectually, it doesn't make any sense. Even strictly, when I went to Penn State, I actually wrote a column for the Daily Collegian, and. I, I said, let pretend there's a, a Christian, uh, someone who has Jewish background, someone with like a, a traditional Catholic background, and then let's say there's an agnostic and an atheist. Like right out of the shoot without even going any further, you've got a couple of different groups, like someone who believes in a higher power and someone who doesn't. They can't, you can You can still have lunch together, but that doesn't make any sense that that could all be true at the same time without even going further, right? right? I mean, so just, I, I think people may, theoretically could theoretically mean well or whatever it might, maybe they just haven't really thought it through the exclusivity. It's not just, oh it, you call it a bear, I call it a this. It's like no, Jesus himself kind of throws that out the window uh, and he has the authority to. So you could take it or leave it and not to confuse it. I'm not the one that is you – know, you don't have to answer to me. I'm comfortable saying these things as you've outlined because I'm, no one is – I'm not I'm not the one who's – I'm just relaying what, what the Bible says. So you know what I mean? There's a difference right. here too. So people don't feel like, oh, I don't want to hurt his feelings or offend somebody. So anyway –
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, it costs something to follow the Lord, right? And yeah. He said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. If you're of the world, the world will love you, but yeah. because I chose you out of the world, and, and there's a price to pay. And whether you're uh, born in India or America or Europe or Africa. The calling's the same. You know, if you're a man or a woman, the calling's the same. Yeah. The calling is that the Church has been given the Great Commission to preach the gospel to all creation and make disciples of all nations, teaching them of all the things you said that I commanded you. And and too much of those that identify themselves with Christians are, are so, so, um, like, passive in sharing their faith that it's it's just, it's, it's really, it's putrid. I mean, it's just like, we are called to be his witnesses. The Holy Spirit shall come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. And I think understanding messianic prophecy and how Jesus fulfills it strengthens people in their faith to be his witnesses, even when it means that you're not going to be received. If you're just tuning in, Rabbi Schneider is our
1: guest today from the Discovering the Jewish Jesus radio program, which airs on WFL weekdays at 3 p.m. Uh, you Speaking of all of that, you, I know you've done a lot of traveling, right? You've been to uh haiti you've been to brazil which i've actually been to both i went in sixth grade to haiti with my dad in missions conference and my wife is from brazil wow. so i uh, but i haven't done a lot more traveling than that i think it was in london when i was a kid in spain uh but i know you've done that israel you've been in africa what do you see about the lord as you travel i mean under the cultural differences of course but what's different right. and what's the same about the god that we
2: worship well, I'll tell you, it's a really incredibly touching thing to preach the gospel in Africa because there is such a hunger there. There is such an innocency. there is such a need hmm. that when you you know people will wait outside for hours just to hear the Word of God. and and they'll and they'll they'll sit and listen and be excited about listening for hours. So it's very it's a very childlike atmosphere amongst those that I minister to in in africa so that's a beautiful beautiful thing to see now there's a lot of lawlessness in africa too so i'm not saying that all of africa this is is this way but the ones that attend my outreach events there's a real innocency a real childlikeness there a real hunger um i love seeing that mm. um you know haiti uh uh Tim, you mentioned Haiti. That place has really become lawless, from what I understand. I mean, gangs are just overturned. I was in St. Mark, Haiti. I actually was uh, picked up. I just got back from New York yesterday, and the cab driver was from Haiti, and he was telling me what was going on there, and it was just terrible, man. It was just like, gosh. It was just so savage with these gangs overruling so many places, and the government's not able to stop them. So a lot of chaos. And a lot of lawlessness. And I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm sure you've heard the story as well. Maybe you could educate me. But, well, you you know, know I know that
1: I actually have a a, a niece whose husband's chief of police in Port-au-Prince, and I can Mm -hmm. and I haven't talked to them for a couple of years. But I know that there were times where she had to leave. She stayed with us at one point uh, just to be out of there. And that was that was five, seven years ago. So, yeah, right. Well, that's what our Messiah is about. He can save even the the darkest heart, and uh, mess- Messianic prophecy revealed Lord willing is part of that. Uh, you actually said something a second ago. It was my other kind of main last question for you had to do with who you uh, you feel that I mean the Lord has used you in many different ways. But uh, as I said here, I think does Rabbi Schneider is his main ministry to Christians to understand maybe more the Jewish component of the faith. Or is it more ministry to folks who are have a traditional Jewish background understand the gospel? Does that make sense?
2: Right. No, it totally makes sense. And my answer is kind of um, not directly answering that question. And. It's not directly answering the question, just because I'm, you know, trying to express my heart yeah. as clearly as I can. I'm just, I just, I'm just excited to preach the word of God, whosoever will. I mean, I, what my fire is, is the word of God. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you're Jewish or a Gentile. I'm, it's the same for me. I'm preaching the word, yeah. and I'm going to try to become all things to all men, like Paul. So if I'm ministering to Jewish people, I'm going to um, flow in a stream. That is culturally sensitive to the jewish person and takes their own narrative and shows how jesus is the fulfillment of it but i don't see my main ministry to any particular people group Hmm. although i am very excited about you know when i have an opportunity to share the gospel with jewish people and with african people but the truth is I'm you know, my engine's the Word of god i'm just I'm just preaching the Word, you know that that's the goal here. that's um, reach amen. as many as possible.
1: amen. I love that and and uh, just as a quick example, I had a friend of mine I've known for about twenty years, and I see her every. I don't know, every three or four or five months. And I, I saw her uh, about, uh, I don't know, two three months ago. And much to my surprise, she said she had become a follower of Christ. And she's a, she's got a Jewish background. I never, mm-hmm. I, I prayed for her, but we've never talked wow. about the Lord directly. And I, I said to her, you know, I, don't, I hope you don't mind me telling you this, but I've been praying for you off and on for the last 20 years. And she's like, what? Are you kidding? So, my uh, so she doesn't have a Bible yet, and uh, but so I just thought practical first steps for someone who maybe you know, in her shoes. Any thoughts I could pass on God's word, of course, but any thoughts along those lines?
2: Wow, I mean, it's, uh, it's uh, I mean, I definitely you know get them started reading Scripture, the Gospel of John. I always try to. Uh, You know, I I don't tell brand-new believers to start in the book of Genesis and read through the Bible. I mean, I I don't think that's a good, uh, wise counsel, because most people will give up when they get to Leviticus. You know, (laughs) just uh, they can't see the forest, you know, from all the trees there. So I tell them just, you know, read the Gospel of John, because it's the most um, fundamental, eternal perspective of the Gospel. Then I have them go read the book of Matthew. So I go from John to Matthew. Then I have them continue on the book of Acts and read straight through the New Testament. Okay. Um, That would be the first thing. The second thing is that, I mean, if you're counseling a new believer, um, it's very important for them to be grounded in grace, you know, that why they were yet sinners, Christ died for us, you know, for them, to understand that God loves us, period. You know, before we did one good work, God loved us. I think it's important for people to be grounded in grace, but I also think it's important for new believers to, Uh, follow through in God's grace and repent. You know what I'm saying? Yes. There's a lot of, you don't hear that word much anymore, which is simply, you know, that we come under the lordship of Jesus in our life, that our lives no longer belong to ourselves and, and help young people and young believers get discipled. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, that's good. That's good. And, and have you happened to write anything, even if it's a, a, tract, or a, or a tract or a pamphlet or something shorter? Uh, I, I'm just thinking this as you're talking there. Maybe there's another also additional supporting resource or maybe yet yeah, there will be at one point. Uh, but I just thought I'd ask in case
2: that was something. That you Boy, I'm, I'm feeling ashamed. I don't really have a specific resource. Um, for young, when we go to the mission field, we, we you know we have a track that we follow. I mean, we okay. basically have a, a conference after people respond at the end of the uh, the end of the uh, time of ministry overseas. Yeah, we um you know we bring them through you know being in the Word, getting baptized, getting in a church, tithing. You know, we walk through basic disciplines to help them get started okay. on this new Christian path. But in terms of a resource that I've written, that we I don't have anything that I would say specifically is for new believers. I've got some devotionals out there that are really good. Um, Rivers of Revelation is one. Rivers of Divine Truth is another. Okay. Just to help people every, you know, begin the day every single day. This is what I would say is a very important thing for, for, for young believers and for all believers, which many are not doing. Begin every single day like the mailman. It doesn't matter if it's raining, snowing, whatever it is. Every single day, begin the day with the Lord. Even if it's just 15 minutes, start your day just spending time alone with the Lord. Maybe you're listening to just really soothing worship music, reading a chapter from the Bible, reading uh, something out of a devotional, but reading some Christian literature, positioning your heart to the Lord every single day, and make no exceptions. Because if you begin the day with God, it's going to set the trajectory of the day. If you don't begin your day with God, it's going to be really hard to walk uh, in a state where you're not confused. So that is a very important application that I would give new believers and all God's people. Make it a discipline to begin the day with God. Maybe you've got an early appointment one day. You know what? Get up that much earlier so you can begin the day with God.
1: Amen. Amen. Rabbi Schneider, have been kind enough to spend time with us today. Thank you for doing that. Discovering the Jewish Jesus is the radio program weekdays at three in the afternoon. Messianic Prophecy Revealed, the newest book, and we encourage folks to find out more about all of that and the things we've been talking about. DiscoveringtheJewishJesus.com, the website for that. God bless you today. Thank you for taking time today with us.
2: Brother, thank you for the, your love for the Lord. I love you, brother.
1: Amen. Love you, too. God bless you. Keep up the good work.
2: All right, my friend. You, too. God right, bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: That's Rabbi Schneider on the Tim DeMoss Show, listening to AM560, WFIL.com, and the WFIL app.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560, WFIL, and WFIL.com.
1: M560 WFIL.com on the app. Stephen Curtis Chapman, the title track from his most recent CD. Love that song. It's called Still. You can find our podcast at The Conversation. We had Steve uh, Stephen on our show, I guess a month or two ago, right on our homepage at WFIL.com. Other podcasts there you can sort through and have fun with. Also at WFIL.com. I highly recommend the whole site. But the contest page, if you like winning stuff, is chock full of fun prizes. One is our Ministry of the Month. We feature a different ministry each month, and this time around, it's Straight from the Heart with Pastor Joe Foch. We actually had him in studio a couple of days ago, along with uh, uh, his son, Josh, and we're giving away different books through that ministry. They have free resources for everyone who enters the contest, and there's a grand prize for it as well. You can catch that program weekdays at 7.30 a.m. and Sunday mornings at 8. There's also our uh, Messianic Prophecy revealed contest with rabbi schneider who we just had on the program we're giving that book away all month long and the salem book of the month for january uh, is with kim dolan leto called fit god's way a bible-based guide to food fitness and wholeness we had her on the program too in last week or so and the podcast that as well at WFIL.com. So those are just some of the contests. There's quizzes and surveys, things you can have fun taking and perhaps win prizes with as well, including a WFIL hat or t-shirt. So check that out at WFIL.com. Maybe sit down over the weekend with a cup of hot tea and and go at it for a little while. Also on our site, our preborn partnership, we're working with preborn all month long, January being Sanctity of Human Life Month to help provide free ultrasound sessions for pregnant girls and women might otherwise choose to end their pregnancy each one's 28 dollars. you can help out at wfl.com or call 833-850-baby-833-850-2229 we're at 59 right now looking to get to 500 by the end of the month your involvement is more than appreciated and certainly your prayers are as well quick break and then we'll come back with the crown jewel of the week i think uh we're talking about you know that now that's punny segment right that's on the way next. You're listening to The Tim DeMaas Show, AM560, WFIL.com, on the WFIL
0: app. It's The Tim DeMaas Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening.
1: AM560, WFIL, it's The Tim DeMar Show, and time for now, that's funny. Done. Hey, how are you? Are you sighing? Uh, no, I'm uh, I'm Fridaying. Okay, I thought I wasn't sure for a second if you weren't excited to do this because no, it's fantastic. Okay, wow, it's pretty good, Doug. Well, you know, maybe I'll start with the big news first, right? Okay, I am leaving my job today. I cannot work here anymore what? after what Lorenzo, our GM, said to me. What? What did he say? Yes, he said you're fired. <laughs> every every day I get up early to walk our pet cow through our vineyard. Really? Yeah, I bet you didn't know your
0: property keeps
1: growing and growing. <laughs> I heard it through the grapevines. <laughs> That's what I did. Speaking of getting out and about, Doug, I am very thankful. If I look back on my life for our sidewalk, because it's kept me off the streets. Uh. speaking of which how does a crab travel around the city our fine city of Philadelphia
0: excuse me
1: (laughs) (laughs) you played it too soon sidewalk he does the sidewalk yes he does just like I do keeps him off the streets too should I play it too that's that's good my friend uh, says he doesn't understand cloning I said, that makes two of us. <laughs> Creepy lady joins the show. Doug, uh, I found out that I'm not allowed to use a calculator for my upcoming CPA exam. I was counting on it. <laughs> you had your hand with the cricket's weight like you knew you are going to go to cricket's. Doug, uh, by the way, if you could help me after the show here in a few minutes, I just looked out the window from my office and saw my car tires flat. No pressure. But Mm. if we could help. Thank you. Thank you. Just a reminder, Doug, that excessive use of commas when you're doing copywriting is a crime.
0: No.
1: Doug's our production director, for those who don't know. It always results in a very long sentence.
2: (laughs) Pardon me if I laugh. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: a pippin'. You could just play Curly instead of us doing puns, and it would be fine also.
0: I'd be glad to look up more Curly.
1: Yeah, please do. Right. Uh, how a doctors visit this week? I've had a lot of those lately, especially <laughs> right before pun segments. He told me I'm going deaf, which is really hard for me to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hanks makes an appearance. Doug, I have a question for you. Is there a word in the English language that contains all the vowels?
0: Sometimes why?
1: Unquestionably. Seriously? Isn't it? Wow. Think it like that. Is the He's looking at you, kid. Yes, pretty good stuff there. If he to know I learned something on this segment. Yes, you do. My dad, my granddad, I don't know if I've ever told you this, dad, granddad, and great granddad were all excellent pole vultures. I was gonna give it a try, but the bar had been set so high. <laughs> Barney Rubble. Barney makes it appear. I like Barney. <clears throat> uh, I did. Speaking of that, I told my parents when I was a kid that I had thoughts of becoming an astronaut. To which they said, "The sky was the limit."
0: <laughs> oh, I think
1: that's a <laughs> Oh, you noticed? Yes. I had this conversation with my sister this week. She's always texting me puns, and she rarely texts me when I haven't heard before. And, I, you know, I, I compliment, I say, thank you. for, But it's hard. I've been doing this for four years, these puns. <laughs> it takes a long time to come up with them, like new materials. She's like, well, you should use some older ones. I'm like people, I think they've heard them, they'll know. Recycle, yeah. So, the, yes and no. But that one wasn't too long
0: ago.
1: Oh, maybe it wasn't? All right, oh. that's probably the problem. Uh-huh. Well, the one I tell my kids all the time is that I used to have a fear of speed bumps. But I'm slowly getting over it. You have got to be kidding. To which they groan and say, don't tell them one anymore. They even try to stop me because they know it's coming. Uh, you know, something else I did before working here, <laughs> this career path of
0: mine. Man. it's hard to believe you're only 22.
1: <laughs> I was a, <laughs> I was a surgeon for a while. Really? I was, uh, but I lost my job because I applied advice that my mother-in-law had given to my wife Tina, which is the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Ooh, and I probably shouldn't have done that.
0: No, you shouldn't have done, done surgery. that. surgery.
1: Thank you. Enjoy the view. I'll be here all week. Doug, what did the bilingual cat say?
0: Bilingual cat? Yeah. Uh, I can come up with something, but I won't say. <laughs> Woof. Woof. <laughs>
1: <laughs> baby cry. We need that baby cry. Doug, I've been going to a counselor for self-esteem struggles. <laughs> Uh, he said i was immature and i respectfully said all right all right but i would like a second opinion he says all right you're ugly also oh boy (laughs) thank you rodney dangerfield yeah is it really yeah i didn't know that yes i had not heard that before (laughs) doug why was the pasta sad because he was not al dente (laughs) because he was feeling panel only <laughs> and, um... What would you do with a brain if you had one? I don't know. Uh, what I also don't know is why I've never considered cottage cheese to be a real cheese. It just occurred to me, though.
0: Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> 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 What's
1: that? That sounds <laughs> kind, of,
0: kind of a laugh drink.
1: <laughs> it's a little disgusting. <laughs> By the way, Doug, have you heard about the uh, Jamaican Mafia? They're getting into the grain trade. It's mob barley. Mob barley? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of animals, the local park uh, you know near where I live—they are prohibiting the use of rat poison to control pests because it can make birds of prey sick. Signs are posted everywhere uh, that you'll get fined if you violate that. Smart. Right? Oh, and the park ranger—I mean, really, all he's doing is looking for illegal activity.
0: Illegal activity.
1: Illegal activity. Illegal activity. Birds of prey. <laughs> Speaking of Birds of Prey, Rob Moddy, who has joined our show a lot of times, has a great book out called Birds of Prey. but he By the TR About the Eagles 2017 Championship. Super mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just a couple more, and we'll put you out of your misery, Doug. Um, you. my dad asked me the other day if I'd ever used a telescope <laughs> before. And I said, no, I really haven't. Is it fun? He said, yeah, you should look into it. <laughs> 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 goes on for a while does it yeah oh well, good well let's ride it out to the end
0: here <laughs> he really is.
1: i'm glad well maybe I should cut right there i have one more but uh, in the, in the news the three tons of wigs were stolen this week from the beauty store in philadelphia police are combing the area And they'll do it for now, that's honey. All right. Have a fine weekend, Doug. You Have a million-dollar
0: weekend. WFIL. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com.